I would also say, you know, the self-work is really important to the craft work. You know, you can sometimes talk to people who, quote unquote, haven't broken through. And sometimes you can tell why. And it's because of how we think of ourselves. It's because of, you know, the fact that we think that um, we are deserving, but we also have to match that with the work. Um, so we... So yeah, I would say the self-work is important. And patience goes a lot a long way. I um, especially younger in age writers, I feel like there's this anxiety. I don't know if it's because success is more visible through social or the perception of success is more visible, but they just want like they want stuff to happen tomorrow. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with struggling. I like talk to some young writers and I was like, what's wrong with struggling? listening to Creative Breakthrough, the podcast that provides you with the strategies to elevate your creative passion to the next level. I'm your host, creative hustler and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassam, aka The Funny Brown Girl. And yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. I'm your host, Shireen Kassam, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. For those of you who have been listening week after week, thank you so much for coming back for another week. And for those of you who are new listeners, welcome to the show. Hey, if you follow me on social media, especially on Instagram at Funny Brown Girl, I made an announcement that this week I was launching an episode with Bob Sumner, the co-founder of Dev Comedy Jam. Well, we've decided to put that on hold because there was so much great content in there and so much learnings from it. And I'll be totally honest with you guys. Listenerships have been down since COVID-19. My listener base is not as big as it was before COVID-19. And so I don't want to uh, put out this episode and not get the most number of people listening to it because I think it's gold and I want a lot of you guys to hear it. So I'm going to wait till we're in a better time. We're back in a routine. We are less stressed out and less anxious and more ready to be open to learning new things and changing our mindset. So this week, I'm actually going to replay an episode with Felicia Pride. If you don't remember, Felicia Pride was on episode 33, and she is a TV writer for Queen Sugar. And she just released her short film, Tender, this week, actually. And she wrote it and directed it. And it's part of her new initiative of bringing Gen X stories to life. And it is just an amazing 14-minute short film. It talks about it talks about women. It talks about our joy. It talks about the struggles we face. And it's in 14 minutes, she touches on a lot of stuff. And so I'm going to play portions of her interview where she actually talks this into existence. She hasn't actually even filmed this yet, and she's just talking it into existence. And I also want to talk about um, a lot of writing competitions are coming up. Uh, Writers on the Verge, NBC's Writers on the Verge competition is open right now for applications. And Felicia actually won the competition in 2016. So she gives some advice and and some thoughts and some tips on if you are putting together an application on what to be looking for. I also love this episode because a lot of these episodes are very timely in the sense that maybe when you're listening to an episode you don't really it doesn't really resonate with you but then as you go through your creative journey you realize okay maybe going back in time that one episode does resonate with you and episode 33 with Felicia Pride really resonates with me right now because she talks about having a positive mindset she talks about everything happens for a reason she talks about self-care which is so important right now especially as we're going through COVID-19 she talks about applying to these TV writing um, 
competitions. And most of all, she talked about having a network and finding a mentor, even if it's an informal mentor. And that is the exact purpose of this podcast. It's finding a mentor. And all these people that I've brought onto the show are mentors. They're your mentors. They are people to give you advice and to help you along your journey. And so really engage with me in terms of like, what would you like to hear? What would you like to get from these podcasts? What are questions you would like me to ask? And I try to tell you guys in advance who I'm interviewing. Um, it's been a little choppy right now with everything going on, but keep me posted about your creative journeys and how I can help you find the right mentor in this informal mentorship podcast, if that makes sense. Um, lots to share with you guys this week. I, uh, well, actually, step back. Um, I got a couple emails from the last uh, podcast that I put out two weeks ago, and I talked about it being my first week of furlough. Um, and if you don't know what that term means, I didn't either. It means basically I'm laid off, but there's a chance I might get to come back. But I was furloughed from Disney, and people were like, wow, you seem so happy and so like put together, and you didn't cry, which I know is weird because if you listen to this podcast a lot, you know between December and January, um, I did cry a few times on the podcast. But I, uh, people were like, how come you're not emotional about it? You seem so okay with the idea that you're on furlough. And you know what? I think two reasons. One is I have been laid off before, so I know the process and I know that I can't change what happened and I can't change the future, but I can, I can change today and I can make today count. And when I got laid off seven or eight years ago, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I remember being so angry on the day they told me I was laid off and I was furious and I couldn't believe it was happening and I couldn't believe how they did it because I, I felt like the way they did it was very unprofessional. But then it became the best thing ever. Like when I look back on that time, I'm like, oh my goodness, that was the best layoff ever. Because during that time, I was able to start pursuing stand-up comedy more seriously. I traveled. I hadn't gone on a vacation in like two or three years. I uh, applied to business school and got into business school. It was just such a great time for me. And so that's how I'm looking at this furlough. It's like, how do I maximize this time? And so when I come out of this furlough, I can say like that was a really good time in my life. And so... Um, again, it just comes to it comes to a mindset. It comes to saying to yourself, like, you can't change the past. We can't change COVID-19. We can't change that this has happened. And I can't change the future. I don't know when the parks are going to open again. I don't know when Disney's going to open its gates. But all I can do is focus on today. And so today I decide I want to I wanna do X, Y, and Z. And that actually gets me to the next part of what I'm doing is um, a couple weeks ago I told you guys Sundance is offering their master classes and webinars for free. So if you are into writing or film, into directing, storytelling, definitely check out Sundance. And I took one of their writing classes. And the instructor, when she first started, said, um, a, lot to, a lot of times we, are, we don't write because we're scared. We're scared of what may come out. And if we don't overcome that fear, if we don't push forward, then all we do is have empty pages. And I have been struggling with that a lot lately. Um, I started... Uh, as some of you have been listening to this podcast, I went through something in December. I went through some grieving in December that lasted for a couple more months. I'm still grieving. Um, I'm, I've gotten a lot better. If you saw me then, you see me now. And I've been working with the therapist, and she's always like, write about it, write about it, write about it. You got a journal, you got a journal, and I can't journal. So what I do is I do an audio recording of how I'm feeling. But even sometimes that's really hard for me because I am scared. I am scared of what may happen. So I actually signed up for a course, a writing course, and it has been the best thing I could have done for myself. It is a course on how to write a one-person a one show, and it is with the director who directed Mike Birbiglia's one-man show on Netflix. So it's super cool because like this guy has done this before. He knows what to look for, 
And it has pushed me to have to write about what I want to write about. And it has been so therapeutic because I didn't realize how much of it I was holding inside. And it's funny because a friend of mine called me over the weekend and he said, he said, Trine, you sound so great. You sound so much better. And I was like, I had the biggest breakthrough. Like I had to put this outline together of my one person show. And as I was writing everything out and just like dumping it out all on paper, I just, I had this breakthrough and I realized like everything that I'm going through, what's happening and why it's happening. And I'm kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together because I'm an analytic. So whenever something happens in my life, I have to figure out like why it happened. And so like the writing process has really helped me. And he was like, Trine, you will always try to figure out a way to promote your podcast, won't you? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, come on, creative breakthrough. You're having a breakthrough. And it took me a minute to get it, but it's true. I am having my creative breakthrough right now. Like in this class, granted, I have to pay someone to force me to write, but that's just the way I work, right? And I'm on a deadline and every week we have to keep submitting stuff and it's like a lot of work, but it's been great for me because I'm actually, somebody is pushing me to put it out on paper. And I'm scared sometimes. There are days when I'm like, I don't want to do this today because I don't want to fall into a pit or a rut or have a pity party, but I have to get the assignment done. And, it, and it's so fascinating because I had to submit the outline last week and the professor, and I call him a professor, it's probably just an instructor, but he's so smart, so he's a professor. He was, he, we had to share our stories and he was like, Shreem, in a one-person show, it's usually better if you tell a story based in reality, a true story, something that's nonfiction. And I was like, this is nonfiction. This is true. This all happened. And he, he was like, let me ask you some questions. And so he like picked apart my story a little bit. He asked me little things here and there. And I was like, no, that's true. No, that happened. And he's like, so you can you, you have proof this happened? And I was like, yeah, I can show you pictures and I can show you audio and all that stuff. And he was like, wow, you are sitting on gold. And that like made my day because what I'm going through and what I'm writing about is um, is exactly what I want to put out on a one-person show. And it's just it's so funny because while I'm grieving about it, it's so therapeutic to write about it. And then finding the humor and finding the funny in it. And then people are like, people are like, wow. Like, and, it, it, and just putting it all together is just, I can't put it in words, but it's, it's in my head, it's like, wow, wow, wow. It's like exciting. So um, there was actually a quote that I saw, a meme on Facebook because, or an Instagram, because you guys know I love memes. So here's the meme that is like, that encom encompasses everything that I am trying to say right now. So the quote is, being an artist means forever healing your own wounds and at the same time endlessly exposing them. Like, how cool is that? Like, we all go through something in life. We all go through pain. We all go through suffering. We go through COVID-19 and being laid off from our jobs and losing family members. And at the same time, as creatives, we are expected to be vulnerable. We're expected to share what we're suffering through, whether it's through our art or our comedy or our writing. But at the end of the day, it's such a cool thing that we have that creative outlet. We have that therapeutic source, that therapeutic way of, of working through our pain and our suffering. And I think that's just amazing. And that's why being a creative is so awesome, because we have this free therapy. And it's exactly what Felicia Pride talks about in this interview coming up that I'm going to play about self-care and how yoga and meditation and therapy are necessary, but also like all that helps with the mindset. You have to have you have to be in the right mindset to be a creative. And if you're not in that right mindset, it, it shows in your work. And so that's why I also think being a creative is such a great thing because it helps you kind of frame your mindset. Like I've been in a really, in a funky mindset and it, it's, it's showing through my work. But now the more that I'm pushing through, the more that I'm actually putting my thoughts on paper and not being scared and not being fearful of what comes out, 
it's kind of helping reshape my mindset to a point where I'm like, I'm not grieving as much anymore as I'm having a breakthrough and I'm saying, okay, this is why this happened to me. And so, or it happened in general, nothing ever just happens to one person. So in this episode, I'm going to uh, share with you Felicia Pride's interview, episode 33. This is only just parts of it, tidbits of it that touch upon the TV writing competition, NBC on the Verge, the importance of networking, which is right here on this podcast. Like, this is your network. Join the Facebook community at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash Facebook or go to Facebook and search Creative Breakthrough Community. That is your network. These are people who can help you. You can find writing partners. You can bounce ideas off of. She talks about mentors, and she says she has informal mentors, mentors who don't even know she's their mentor. And again, that's this podcast. Like, right now, where I am in my life, Felicia Pride is my mentor. Um, back when she did this podcast with me and we chatted, I, it, it didn't resonate with me. But right now, where I am in my life, she is my mentor. Um, she talks about self-care and how important it is to take care of yourselves, which is so important right now during COVID-19. And um, I, would, I love this because she talks about her new production company and how she wants to start putting together her own films. And this week, she released Tender, her first short film, which is about 14 minutes long. And it is amazing. It's, um, the official description is, after an unexpected one-night stand, two women at very different stages of their lives share an even more intimate morning after. And it is amazing. It talks about joy. It talks about giving up on your dreams. It talks about finding yourself. It talks about love. And in 14 minutes, she covers so many topics. And it's just, it's amazing. And so I'm going to drop that in the show notes. And what's interesting about this film, too, is she crowdfunded this whole thing. She, I actually saw on Facebook, she would post about it. And she would post crowdfunding. And Ava DuVernay donated to her crowdfunding. And so if you have a dream and you have a positive mindset, you can make things happen, guys. And that is amazing because that is the creative breakthrough. That is what we're all about. It's how do you go from an idea to making it a reality? And she does that. So definitely let's give this a listen. Um, Again, the full podcast is episode 33, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. So come October, the next month, I was fired from my job. I was let oh, wow. go. Um, because, because they saw that you were interested in something else? No, or? they were doing layoffs. I was laid off. Okay. okay. Um, and it was devastating to me. Um, but I also realize now that, like, that was what was supposed to happen. God was, like, reminding me, like, you came out here to write. So get it together. Get clear. So after that, I took time to get clear again and to get back into alignment. So I was like taking on all these little odd jobs that, and the other thing that I had to do, what I realized is that people started to associate me as an executive and I came Mm -hmm. on here to write. So I started taking all these odd jobs that no one knew about to like, uh, pay my bills, but I started to psychologically shift and put the writing first and actually also physically put the writing first and also reposition myself as a writer. Cause people forgot, I forgot, you know? So I, that time was like me really, really digging my heels back into and clawing my way back into being a writer again. So I was taking classes. I got a career coach who focus on, focuses on TV writer, TV film writers. I joined the writing group. 
Um, I was just writing like crazy. I was really working on my portfolio because I had nothing but that feature. Um, So I was really, really putting in the work in and really reconnecting with the work and reestablishing my relationship with the work um, and and sort of creating a purity within it. So this was around 2015? This was, I moved in 2015. So this was around mid 20, this was the end of 2016. Okay. Yeah. So talk, tell me a little bit more about the coach. Like how did the coach help you kind of reinvigorate yourself and yeah. find yourself again? So Especially because, sorry, uh, I want to add on to that because I'm assuming you were stressed out, right? Having to do these odd jobs to pay your bills and stuff. So how do you even keep the creativity going when you're so stressed? Um, it was kind of stressful, but I also felt good because I was writing. Okay. You know what I mean? And I felt like, and I was able to find some cool job, well, cool jobs in that <laughs> they, uh, I was able to put my writing first. So I wasn't so stressed out in that. More of the stress and anxiety came from me feeling like I was behind. I've taken so long. I, I left writing for so long. I'm behind. I'm trying to catch up. So a lot of it was self-induced. Um, but I knew also that I was producing. So it was like, oh, I'm finishing pilots and, oh, you know, there is something here with, with TV writing in me. And so those were kind of helping me with validating that I was doing the right thing, but it's, uh, you know, I moved out to LA when I was 35. So Mm -hmm. I'm also like, I'm not young. It's the sort of that quote unquote Hollywood young. It's that sort of anxiety that I had, but I knew that I was on the right track. I just had to keep writing. Mm-hmm. And is, is that what the coach helped you with? Yeah. She also helped me to get clear because she, for, you know, film is a director's medium. TV is a writer's medium. She was like, you really should focus on TV right now. She helped me to also think about how I should position myself as a TV writer. Cause when you're trying to break in, you kind of need a brand. Um, people need to understand like who you are, what your story is and what you write. So she helped me to conceptualize that what opportunities I should be going after, um, even, you know, doing reads of my work. She was really, really instrumental in helping me get focused and also a plan that made sense for the industry. Because I still came out here and was overwhelmed by how do I break in? Because there's so many different ways. And I'm also... Mm -hmm. You know, because I was 35, I'm like, yeah, the assistant route just ain't going to work for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so I had to think about crafting my own way, which I was used to doing, but I still was like overwhelmed by how do I break in? So she helped me to get focused and have a plan. Can you share with us some of the plan? Um. Yeah. So, wow, I'm trying to remember. So, <laughs> and my coach's name is um, Carol Kirshner. Um, she's a one, she's wonderful. She's been in the business forever. Um, she is behind a lot of important, um, diversity programs, the CBS diversity program, the, um, writers guild, um, showrunner program, um, Humanitas, one of the Humanitas awards. So she like knows a lot of people and is really, really knowledgeable. And we started with like, personal branding and thinking about what my story was. Cause I also didn't know what type of writer I was. Was I drama? Was I comedy? Was I dramedy? How do I, how do I express that? Um, so we, we worked a lot about that. Then we also worked on like, okay, how do I position myself to try to get represented? Um, what does that look like? What do I need to do? What are the, 
fellowships that I should be applying to. Um, So things like that, she helped me to develop a plan around. Okay, cool. So I know you were, um, you earned a spot, you mentioned you earned a spot in the film independent screenwriting lab, and then you were part of the NBC's Writers on the Verge program. So can you talk to us a little bit, like what advice would you have to creatives about such competitions? And like, what do they need to be working on or focusing on to get a spot in those coveted um, programs? Yeah, I, you know, they, one thing I would say is that um, I think sometimes people put all their eggs in one basket. Um, and I think that the programs are amazing. I had amazing experiences, but they're not the end all be all. And I think that people also have expectations that because you're in a program, something is going to happen. And I've been learning over this journey is that to release myself from expectations and specific outcomes. And also, I don't expect anybody to do anything for me. So I'm also sort of, um, which helps me to operate from a place of gratitude more often and surprise, like, oh, wow, like you didn't have to do that because people don't have to do anything for you. And I think also as creators of color, we kind of know that um, it's, it's, it's different for us. Right. So I tried to release my expectations for things and going into the fellowship process, I was new to my, I didn't know that it, how big of a deal it was out here. Um, like I applied the first year I moved out and then I didn't apply the second year and I applied the third year. And while I did position myself more to have success, people take it very, very seriously. I think almost too seriously. Like, and I think that, that, because the most important thing is the work. So, um, what I did do is I took like a fellowship class from Script Anatomy. They te- they teach a bio class because I didn't realize how important the bios are as part mm-hmm. of your application um, and how por- important your story is and also your ability to be vulnerable, right? Not just on the page, but through your inter- through the interviewing process. And I think as sometimes as writers, we um, don't know, we don't nurture that side of us. And it's really, really important, particularly if you want to be a TV writer, because you have to go into the room and like share, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so I find that sometimes writers, uh, we're great on the page, but our social skills are not where they need to be. So I do that process. I kind of learned that. And so I would recommend number one, of course, getting the, your work as tight as possible, your portfolio. And, you know, a lot of the programs, they want a spec script and they want an original pilot. And I would recommend for your spec script to take a, take a risk. So I wrote a Atlanta spec script, um, that was very risky, uh, and it allowed me to stand out. You know, if you think about, like you said, they are coveted to get tons of applications. How can your spec stand out? Also, my original pilot tonally was similar to my spec. So it was cohesive in that way. I think that helps a lot. And then also the story that I told was cohesive with the the tone of my pilots. Um, and so I think that that Putting that effort into the application goes a long, long way. And putting that effort into your story goes a long, long way. And then after you do the work, release. Like, like you can't control. It's out of your control. As long as you've done your best, then that's all you can do. And so I'm like, I'm always like release and then go and write something new and keep writing, you know, because I think people put so much pressure on like they have like if they don't get it, that's their that they're never going to break through. And I'm like, no, and I think that my attitude about it actually opened me up to 
to be selected, honestly. Hey, it's me, Shreen. Sorry to interrupt. Creative Breakthrough listeners, are you enjoying this episode? If so, I have a quick favor. Could you leave us a review, whether on Apple, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to pay it forward and let other creatives know about the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll get back to the original interview now. Thanks. It bye. is invaluable. I don't know how you do it without it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, I feel like, well, there's three parts. So networking, I'll start with networking. Um, no, my father would always say that that classic line and your network is your net worth. And it's absolutely true. I feel like most of all of my opportunities um, have come from networking, have come from my network, have come from the relationships that I have. And so I take that very, very seriously. And I think that's also as writers and as people who like to be in the back cave alone writing, we have to realize how important it is to foster relationships. Uh, So I take that very, very, very seriously. And then in terms of support system, one of the things that have gotten me through is my writers group. I have an amazing writers group. We are multicultural. Let's see, we have um, April, she, um, who is Asian, fantastic, um, half hour, but now she writes on hour longs. Um, Jimmy Masqueta, who is Mexican, just finished the CBS, um, the ABC program and was staffed. Elena, who is uh, part Mexican, uh, Roche Jeffrey, who is Elena Cravello, Roche Jeffrey, who is black, I'm black. And then we have our little L'Oreal, who's 25 and who's Jewish. And she's a, <laughs> she's a fucking beast. Um, and that group has been so crucial in my creative development but also to have people that you can vent to who understand what you're going through, um, especially through this industry and how it can treat creators of color, um, people to lean on, people to read your work, people to cheer you on. Like this business is so nutty. It's so nutty that I realized early on that self-care and support is really, really important. So that's that part. The mentorship piece is something I'm actually... Uh, need that I don't have. I'm like, I have informal mentors and people who don't know they're my mentor, but I do think that I want um, a more formal relationship. So that's something that I'm going after. And then there's self-care that I I prioritize. Um, I do yoga, I do hot yoga, meditation, hiking, therapy, um, all of that in order to stay grounded because it the business is nutty and I see how it can make you uh, misaligned in many, many ways. Mm -hmm, For sure. Just really random between your writer's group and then you're a writer in the writer's room for Queen Sugar. What would you say is the average age? Well, I'm the oldest in my writer's group. (laughs) Um, And, and L'Oreal is the youngest that I think she's turning 26. Um, In the room, I'm in the middle Okay. Yeah, I'm in the middle. So it's never too late then is what you're saying. Really, no, anybody I, mean, I would be... say that for TV writing in particular, you know, I have used my age to an advantage for myself because I have so much life experience and so much just varied experience because I've done so, so many odd uh, careers and jobs running away from writing that I, I use that as, as an advantage because I'm able to bring that into the room and the TV writer's room, you know, is not just about how good you are on a page, but 
and how you can deconstruct story, but also, you know, your ability to generate story. And I think that, um, at least in my opinion, from my perspective, um, because I had, I've had life experience, I I have a lot of stories to tell, (laughs) you know what I mean? And so that, that, and also just coming out here, I think one of the reasons why I've been able to move in people's eyes as quickly as I've been able to move, um, because I've sold a show, I sold a feature and I got staffed literally in a year is because of the maturity that I have in my ability to um, like just that, that maturity around knowing people and knowing how to work with people and work around people. Um, and I think that's aided me and has been to my benefit. Now, of course, I have those times where I'm like, damn, if I was moved out here at 25, you know, but I don't know what my my, my journey would have been. You know, I think everything happens for a reason. I think that and I have to know that I am in the right time, right space at the right time. I have two charges in life. One is to protect my black joy. <laughs> like that's <laughs> my main life charge and it's a full-time job. And then the second is to tell the stories that are burning inside of me. So my urgency isn't necessarily around anything else in terms of like money, although I do want to be wealthy, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's really because I have stories that I have to tell stories of people who need to be um, amplified, whose stories need to be amplified. That that mission is so important and so crucial. And that's what I, that's what I sort of push towards. And it cannot be, I cannot be stopped by market perceptions. I can't be stopped by, you know, perceptions steeped in bias and racism and sexism. And I have to, I have to keep writing. I have to keep creating. And that's sort of how I position um, that. So what advice do you have for other creatives on their journey? Mm. Put the work first. So everything else is fleeting, right? Um, and everything else can be taken away. And if I, what I realize is that now that my relationship with the work is pure, I'm unstoppable. Meaning like no one can take away this talent. No one can take away my ability to to write. So I am unstoppable in telling stories and continue to telling stories. Now, of course, the challenge is the systems of distribution, the systems of green lighting. And those are things that I think as people of color, we definitely need to be thinking about and be savvy about Um, but also recognize that we have audiences that we can go directly to, you know? So I, I would say, put the work first. I would also say, you know, the self-work is really important to the craft work. You know, you can sometimes talk to people who quote unquote, haven't broken through. And sometimes you can tell why. And it's because of how we think of ourselves. It's because of, you know, the fact that we think that um, we are deserving, but we also have to match that with the work. Um, so we, so yeah, I would say the self-work is important and patience goes a lot, a long way. I, um, especially younger in age writers, I feel like there's this anxiety. I don't know if it's because success is more visible through social or the perception of success is more visible, but they just want, like, they want stuff to happen tomorrow. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with struggling. I like talked to some young writers. Today. I was like, what's wrong with struggling? 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, what's wrong with building resilience? What's wrong with making stuff with your friends? Like the fact that you have this wonderful writers group, there's like six of them and they have this run. What's wrong with making stuff with your friends while, you know, being a barista and figure out your life? You're 23. Like, come on. You know, but I think that there's just, it, it's just a different space because of social. So yeah, I would say patience goes a long way. And while you're waiting, quote unquote waiting, um, you're working, you're writing and, and, and writing those stories that are burning. When you keep when you keep mentioning self work, is that the same thing as self care? Is that different? I think they're connected, but I think self work is really in terms of like breaking down those things that don't serve you, and meaning thoughts, behaviors, um, narratives that you tell yourself that don't serve you. Um, that's kind of what I mean, and it's part okay. of self care, absolutely. I love this episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to creativebreakthroughpodcast.com or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. It's episode 33. Okay, key takeaways from the portions of the interview that I put up today. One, take risks in your writing. Two, take care of yourself. Three, be patient. Four, match your mindset with your work. And five, find a mentor, which is why this podcast exists. These are your mentors. These are my mentors. Like like I said, when I started this interview, I love this episode because at the time when I did it, it didn't really resonate with me. But like now that I'm in a place where I needed that mentorship and that guidance on how to deal with unemployment and how to deal with a creative breakthrough and my mindset and just taking care of myself because I'm I'm in this place where so much has changed in 2020. This episode was my mentor. Felicia Pride has been my mentor for the last hour. And so I hope that you guys can go back as well to past episodes and find the episode that helps you get through whatever creative journey you're you're going through right now. With that, I'm going to say, please be safe out there. I know some of us are coming out of lockdown. We're coming out of quarantine. We're allowed to go and play with other people now, but please just keep being safe, take precautions, and go out there and flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thanks for listening. Stay connected about upcoming resources, including opportunities, festivals, competitions, and grants to help you grow your creative passion by subscribing to my bi-monthly newsletter by visiting funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. Don't miss out on a life-changing opportunity and subscribe today at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And hey, if you decide to go on Instagram today, follow me. I'm Funny Brown Girl. I'm Shereen Kassam, and you've been listening to Creative Breakthrough. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Keep winning.